0: Ziba going on his own. He gets the
1: try. The Red 78. We're so both monster people. Gets over the line. Try Nobody knows monster Rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 70 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is uh, Neve Briggs. You're still smiling, Neve.
0: Always. Always. you no, you'd yeah. no
1: match to... Uh, upset you at the weekend anyway. well Disappoint no our second
0: lost out to Kerry in the Munster Divisional Cup final in, in Trilly on Sunday uh, cracking game 26-24 uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Trilly Rugby Club the scenery many times, yeah, many
1: times incredible
0: incredible yeah so great brilliant for them as well I was actually you know obviously devastated for our girls because they put a really good season in for a development point of view but um, teams like that you know the got to try and find ways to get more senior players playing uh, rugby and uh, amalgamating um, a number of clubs within a region to make a county team. Uh, They've done it really really well. So I was delighted for the hard work that they've done to be fair down there. So a great match yeah.
1: Okay it's been confirmed uh, just before we get on to the men's game that Greg McWilliams is gone. I'm sure you're sad to see him go. There's a bit of change there and uncertainty. Um, The Irish women's team are now looking for a new head coach what's your position or the, the i think on the statement that came out the rest of the coaches are staying um involved staying part of the team
0: yeah and obviously i'm delighted um because it's been a really really tough campaign and um you know it would be weird coming back in here without greg i think because um he's a huge personality and um and you know you're disappointed i i was disappointed because we got on very well and we were uh very aligned in our thinking um he's really good to work with but um ultimately i think you know the difficulty is that you know, in high performance sport it's, it's a bit ruthless and uh, good learning for me from somebody that's come into this uh, for, uh very recently but um it's uh it's results based uh, and driven business and we just didn't get the results unfortunately so um, look I wish him the best himself his wife and his family they're the nicest of people uh, you could ever meet so um, we just go back to the to the start again
1: what what does um, it mean for the team now in tier three of this new world competition um, the fixture in yeah. October in New Zealand is that right?
0: No I think we're looking at Hong Kong for for tier three tier 1 will be in new zealand tier 2 in south africa i think and then i think there's talks of hong kong look it is what it is it's it's a it's it's where we are um and you know i think we go in and we play the likes of um you know the loser of the spain italy playoff we play or the scotland italy playoff sorry um we look at um you know the netherlands um and a few more countries like that so it's it's going to be I know uh, Fiona Hayes has been floating Jamaica around I don't think uh, I don't think it's Jamaica we're going to be playing but um it'll definitely be um a starting block and it's got to be that and if we don't learn from the last six seven weeks then you know we're at nothing really so we've got to go with a clear plan in place and um and a clear pathway and to be fair to John and Ed and the lads they've been working really hard over the last couple of weeks since the Six
1: Nations finished. And what's the situation with trying to qualify for the World Cup? We're...
0: So, we need to get out of Tier 3 next year. So, if we win that, we go straight into Tier 2 for the following year and within that, the World Cup, we qualify for the World okay. Cup straight okay. off. Okay. Um, so, okay. if not, then we have to go through a reputage.
1: Okay. That's a long way off, but anyway, it is long what way it is, off. as you say. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be more positive stories coming out yeah. in the future with the team. Um, let's get on to the, the the big game on Saturday night. Um, mm-hmm. Munster, not surprisingly, won the game because I think a lot of pundits, um, spectators, fans, um, rugby people knew that Munster had a great chance and there was a real possibility they could go there and beat Glasgow. Um, obviously, that was going to be a very difficult task, but they won the game 14-5 um so uh they're in the semi-final it's it was a from a results point of view it was great to go there and win it's a very tough place to go they haven't lost there and haven't lost their all season and they've scored a lot of points um in their performance there for Munster to keep in the five points was a a big a big positive as well so um i put a tweet out yesterday uh, again to the Munster fans we always want to try and keep them involved and um, they're all pretty pleased. I think um, it was a dogged performance. They had to really kind of roll up their sleeves. We'll talk a little bit about the injuries in, in a little while. Well, I'm it, came, sure it so. came at
0: a cost. Like let's be very realistic. When we got the injury report out yesterday, that result came at a cost. And um, and how we managed to use that as our as a positive is going to be really big for this group this week. But you know, you asked about the the performance, and can they find? Another one this week against Leinster, given the injuries. Um, Richard Daly said hard fought and the number of HIAs has to be called or looked into more in the off-season by the governing folks, surely. Saturday is a big ask, but it's nothing we've not faced before. Lads I need to have a right go and um put their hands up. John Tuig, I'm not hung up on next week. This week's injury toll will make a result very hard to come by. Lenser will rotate, but their second string are more experienced than ours. We must understand we are years behind Lenser in our development. Bring on next year when it's a long pre-season. Um, Liam Sheehan, really strong performance, particularly in defence. <clears throat> big ass this week, but after the start we got this season, a really credible outcome. With last Saturday's injuries, it'll be a big ass, but a great opportunity for the second-line players to step up. Um, Paula Carter huge shift put in Glasgow immensely proud of the boys we're in bonus territory now so more of the same Saturday please Um, Tom Lundgren massive performance in Glasgow the momentum of this group just keeps growing a free shot for Munster in the semis and it was well earned and deserved some injuries to big players yes but that's rugby Munster in the mood in this mood in knockout rugby are dangerous to any opposition um, there was a couple of more tweets, I'm just going to group group them because I know we're kind of caught for time, but there was a couple of more tweets in relation to the HIAs, which we'll obviously chat about. My favourite tweet came from Granny Babs. Get your mom and Marie O.C., whoever Marie O.C. is, togged up and onto that pitch. Mar-
1: Marie O'Callaghan. Oh, Monica's Mary, mom.
0: sorry. Um, If they can't put the fear of God into Lencer, no one can, armed with the holy water, obviously. So uh, I don't know if you, I know you were working for... And TV for Premier, but um, Bernard Jackman was on ODE and he spoke about having met the Munster coaching ticket before the game started, and he really wasn't surprised that they had won because your mom had dropped in the holy water. Um, I've only heard about this over the last few weeks with the tweets coming in. This is obviously something that's, that's been going on for years, has it?
1: It's gone. It's gone on for probably twenty years, I'd say, uh, or more since I was playing. Um, she was a regular uh, carrier of the holy water to the matches. And uh, she would always give back then, she would always give the water or the holy water to um, Pat Geraghty. Um, oh, Pat, Pat, It's yeah. obviously sin passed. Yeah. He was a great friend of everyone in the teams and, and all the experience as well. So yeah, the holy water seems to <laughs> seems to have done the trick on Saturday night. Anyway, but anyway, as I said, it was going on for about 20 years with my, my mom, but um. She'll need lots of holy water, I think. They said it on uh, on the TV. Bernard said it on UCAL that um, she might be let into the Aviva on Saturday. But anyhow... um, And
0: does she just give need... it to the coaches like, to bring it the dressing room? Like, do the players yeah, know? Whoever she, I didn't, whoever
1: understand? Whoever she meets, if she meets someone from the, the staff or she's usually down around the the side of the pitch, if, she's, if she walks down from the stand and hands it in to someone. Um, Fiona Murphy sometimes takes it. George Murray... <laughs> so whoever, but um, anyway, the holy water is there for a long time and uh, brilliant. I think it's, it's brilliant. Uh,
0: I don't know how I I haven't heard about it since the the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, it happened all the time when, when when I was playing. But anyway, there's a There's a few here. more tweets you want to read out.
0: Yeah, there's a a few more just in relation to um, a couple of the players, the likes of Jean Klein. uh so divided looks at Jean, uh, Jean Klein, Hardness, Coombs. Do, you know? Are they going to, Are we looking at getting them into? Would we be annoyed if they weren't in carton house basically for the World Cup prep? Those three, yeah, well, especially. I think, um,
1: so Gavin Coombs, John Klein, and who? What was the other player? And John Hodnett. Hodnett. Yeah, I think but John Hodnett obviously came on for Peter O'Mahony, and um, he was he was brilliant. Um, his tackle He he's tackling was was outstanding. He's um, you know he's worked great. Munster didn't have a lot of ball in the second half for sure. Uh, but I thought he was brilliant. John Klein again, and he's done it all season. I think he's he's um, he's been playing brilliant for months for this year. And even in games that they've been under pressure, um, the Gavin Coombs, I think, um, obviously he's had a lot of uh, big performances this year. He's won Star of the Week a few times with us. He's got plenty of Man of the Match awards. But I think there's an argument to say that they should be in the mix and they probably will be in the mix. I just love... For for John Klein, I think his honesty and work rate and and yeah. and dedication. I think, I think it'd be lovely it, to see time, him get back in.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think for a long time there was question marks in relation to his ability to play. And, you know, he was a great like he's a great workhorse, brilliant rocker, one of those real like old dogged second rows that every team needs. But the game is evolving, and I think he was there was question marks in relation to his handling and his ability to catch and pass and and to be that kind of. You know, be able to go to the line and to be able to move those tip ons or, or little balls all, back. I think all that has stuff
1: has has improved so, this year.
0: So improved, as in, like for me, he's jumped Rossman only this year in terms of that. I think we've not seen enough of Rossman only from a an Leinster point of view. So I, I, I would agree. I think I'd be, I would be but frustrated I, for John Klein. If
1: I think if he he's didn't. he's very he's very very much appreciated by the monster fans. Um, yeah. One of the areas that Glasgow had a big bit their big strength going into this game was their mall. And mall, you just look back at the incredible. game and you see see the strength yeah. of him at stopping their mall and his physicality. So he's, he, I think he's like embraced, probably his been my game has gone to a new level.
0: Season. Yeah, he's probably been my player of the season in terms of consistency and um, his engine and everything. I, I have one out there uh, tweet from from Gavin Murphy. Uh, he asks, can you can we discuss Simon Zeebo? Uh resign, re- Resigned from racing, apparently funded by the RFU. Can't make a monstrous... With a short shortage of fit back three players this weekend, his name isn't even in the mix. What's going on? Is he contracted next year?
1: Uh, well, I think he is contracted next year. Um, he's had a number of injuries this year. It's been, it's been disappointing because um, we've only seen glimpses of of Simon. Um, he's that X factor player. He just brings that bit of magic, but um, he can't blame the guy from for being injured because obviously if you pick up injuries, but from a business point of view, um we haven't we haven't seen enough of Simon Zebo. It would be brilliant if he was available. I, I I really thought it was brilliant when he came back because I thought, yeah, he yeah. can get back into the Irish mix as well, but he hasn't consistently been in the Munster mix for various different reasons. And um it's a pity um season probably can't come quick enough the end of it for for someone like him to get a good pre-season in and and try and um add some value to the squad next year but um there's nothing that i know about or anybody publicly knows about i think he's he's just been unlucky with some injuries um and he's a great player i i did hear that there's a chance he may be available this weekend um from a fitness point of view i don't know where he's at but um it's it's a pity because um... it's a
0: big ask, isn't it? Then to come in like from cold, like at least I know there's another query in relation to Joey about potentially coming back in or whatever this weekend. Like Joey's been in the match day travelling squad for the last number of weeks. I know he hasn't played, but. You know, Simon's been at home in Limerick for for the South African trip, for example. So you're missing that big bulk of work. So it, it will be interesting to see. And it also kind of starts to... That was a big thing for me last weekend in terms of the strength and depth. You know, we went with a 6-2 split. That's fine. If that's your prerogative. But in my mind, I was like, the two boys, Calvin Nash and Shane Daly, have been playing unbelievably well. Obviously, Keith earls have picked up that bad injury in, in South Africa. And then Zebos. Doesn't I mean, we don't speak about him. He's not in any injury uh, updates. He hasn't been for a long time. So is he back training and just finding it hard to get back to that match fitness? But the next group down is there's a big gap, isn't there, in terms of the likes of say Patrick Campbell and um, and these young guys. You know, it's a big ask for any of them to come into that mix for next Saturday.
1: It is, yeah, it is. And look, who knows um, who they will select? Whether Joey will come back in? He could be an option to put him in at fullback. Mike Haley on the wing, um, but the injury toll is massive. Liam Coombs is out, Andrew Conway, um, they've just no cover in that backfield. So, Calvin Nash being injured is actually a big loss. Malachi Fekitoa, yeah. particularly in the backs, um, I think they're better equipped up front, um, albeit if you're missing Peter O'Mahony, John Klein, um. They're incredible losses because um, yeah. there's a feeling that if Munster had a full team. But look, we'll get on to the Leinster match in a minute. Let's talk about the performance. So um, we yeah. you can't read out every tweet. Uh, positives and negatives. We start on the positives. So for you, the positives. Um, I think the biggest one, sorry, the biggest one for me is defensively and from a collisions point of view and an attitude um, that was top-notch. They were really up for this game. They got the emotion right. They weren't going to be bullied. Um, I think I saw one of the tweets where someone was questioning, and you, you mentioned it, about the HIAs, where Glasgow over Zealous were doing something illegal. They weren't. They were very physical themselves. Um, it was a physical game. There was nothing um, that could have been you know, that you would indicate that they were targeting Munster players from a, a high tackle point of view. I know Tom Jordan was sent off for the for the Conor Murray one, and rightly so, but the others, I think, were just freakish uh, collisions, unfortunately, and we don't often see them. So the positives for me, obviously, we can't go through every positive in the game, but the ones that really jump out, and the stats here are kind of crazy. Um, Munster down for 36 missed tackles, but then... I'm saying, and everybody's saying, one of the big positives was their defence. The reason I think the numbers are down and high from the missed tackle point of view is the evasion of a lot of Glasgow players in close quarters and turning back inside. Um, monster players maybe missing attack yeah, an initial tackle and then making the second one a real impact one. So, um, well, as, for, I often, for me, as I always say.
0: As Sorry I always say, the, stat,
1: stat, the stats do lie. Stats sometimes lie. Yeah. But your defence yeah. was outstanding.
0: Uh, yeah, and I think when you're looking at that banana where you're getting that outside player to shoot, you're forcing them back in. You're forcing them there because they're not going to... It's very difficult when you're coming at pace to make that bridge pass over that outside rushing defender. And Bechtou was great at it. Um, Shane Daly was very good at it. Calvin Nash. You know, that ability to get off the line as that outside defender and put a huge amount of pressure. So you're forcing the Glasgow player back in. So while it stepped across you or gone back in, it looks like a missed tackle from you. Gary Ringrose is exceptionally good at doing it as well for Ireland, for Leinster. His ability to read the place, get ahead of it, not not isolate himself, but it, it puts that little second of doubt in your mind and you step back in and that's where the tackle has been made. Munster were really, really smart in relation to that because that was the big fear where Glasgow's... Um, back three play their ability to tr- transition very quickly they'd obviously sc- scored a huge amount of tries leading into this game and um, I thought so so smart but like that missed tackle was counted because they'd forced them back in as opposed to actual missed tackles from a square up point of view
1: uh, the mall defense was the other one and again you can say that's defensively how did do, how do they stop that Glasgow mall or what was difference from a couple of weeks ago
0: Yeah, look, you're probably asking the wrong person in terms of technical stuff around the mall. I think what they've done really well is they chose their moments to get up. I thought that was really, really important. And then the minute that they didn't, that they were able to smash that, they smashed the back of that mall. And, okay, I know they were penalised once, I think, for um, jumping across. uh, Fanine, I think it was. But um, I thought in terms of understanding how to smash and turn it in so that they, they use the touchline to their advantage quite a bit that just takes away a lot of that attack threat then um, so but it was mindset they were ready to go I thought they were excellent
1: yeah one of the um, when I did the positives negatives a few weeks ago Munster Glasgow it's five weeks it's on the 25th of March it was the 25th or 26th of March when, when Glasgow beat Munster in Thoman Park I had the positives down as second half that was it <laughs> And the reaction, I had the negatives down as scrum, line out, physicality, attitude, energy, uh, where it puts him in the table, all those things changed. So, you know, we did speak about it then, and they Even talk, spoke about, you know, it, it was it was unlike that that monster team. Um, I know we saw some stuff the week before, um, the couple of weeks before against the Scarlets where defensively in that second half they it kind of got a little bit lackadaisical, a bit, little bit sloppy defensively. But all those things that I mentioned there, the negatives a number of weeks ago, were changed because the scrum was so much better. One or two penalties there, I noticed pressure. But by and large, that scrum held up uh, really well. And Stephen Archer again, um, Jeremy and um, the players that came on, um, that was so much better. Their lineup worked themselves. Winning their own lineup was really good. Um, and and Graham Rowntree said it after game. Anyone watching this, the physicality and the collisions here, a lot of that is down to attitude and and, and real desire to get stuck into Glasgow. So, loads of positives.
0: My my big positive was that ten minute block right before half time. They kept Glasgow out. I think that was if I'm if I'm right, and there was another big moment where they no, were defending I think first.
1: the start the start of the game was the key. That start, f- was, f- it, was f- it. Were they on yeah, their yeah start? Yeah, fifteen start, minutes, start fifteen minutes f- in the first and half. And in the second where... half,
0: they were literally on their line, and their 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 discipline was really really good. Their ability to get back onto their feet was exceptional. So we talk about being back in game all the time, and um and I just thought that their cohesion and around that nobody panicked. They could. They they were ex- they were turning over and exiting, getting a lineup back on their twenty-two again, and it was like a regurgitation. And I was sitting at home going, "Oh my gosh, like this is going to be like how are they going to keep them out for this long?" But I thought, uh, yeah, I thought that was really really huge positive.
1: I think if you look at the game, the first fifteen minutes, Glasgow brought so much pressure. Munster were kind of hanging on, and I was thinking they can't keep doing this. But they turned it around. Malachi Feketeau makes a tackle in midfield just before the first oh, try. Turnover, massive impact tackle. Munster turn it over. They go up the field score 7-nil after absorbing a lot of pressure. Big psychological boost. A couple of minutes later, they turn it over again at the breakdown on the midfield. Connor Murray's breaking up the touchline. Tom Jordan makes a tackle. Red card. Unfortunately, Connor Murray had to go off. Munster score from kicking that into the corner again. And it's 14-nil. And you think psychologically, um, it's massive for Munster and it's a big blow to Glasgow. I think if we're looking at where they could be better and where they need to be better with what's ahead is that period before halftime when Munster were camped on the Glasgow line and they're attacking and attacking and attacking. They could have killed off the game there and they didn't. Um, I'm probably lacking a bit of control in that second half. They didn't have a lot of ball. Uh, Tactically, I thought, and maybe I'm wrong, um, I thought they should have kicked a little bit more. Now, they didn't have a lot of ball, but... There was a win there and Glasgow really struggled to get out of their half. And to be fair, you have games like that where Munster looked like, they actually looked like um, just really in in control. Uh, Not a lot of panic. I think for the Glasgow try, Tygburn does shoot out of the line. He missed that straight away after the game. But they never really looked like losing this game. Um, I was
0: was demented from them being in the power zone or the scoring zone for so long and and not being clinical enough. I, it was it was like that is definitely something that they have to improve on, they get, they worked so hard to get into that zone and you've got a, a period of minutes where you're putting the defence under pressure and th- at one stage I could see um, Ben Healy in the second half doing this and he was like literally like stamping his foot, trying to get the ball like as in, they must have had a 4v1 at one stage, and um, and uh, and it, it doesn't come out quick enough, and then they have turned the ball over. I think if you're Graham Roundtree or Mike Prendergast, that is that that's actually infuriating from the point of view of like this. What like we just had a little bit of white line fever. And it just got to be a little bit more clinical because this weekend, look, let's face it, they could 100 percent go and and match them up physically and everything. But if they get chances and when they get chances, um they have to be able to take them. So they have to be there has to be more clarity around what they're trying to do in that zone, especially five six meters out from the line. I um, yeah.
1: Was- there was chances there when they were picking and going. That's it just two passes, three passes and one of the backs would have scored. So as you said, Ben Healy's looking for there's there's a number of times and at the end of the game, um they had a penalty they Tapped and went after, after the uh, two was yellow carded. Um, it was f- you know fifteen against thirteen there. I, I was surprised. I thought to just kick the ball over the bar, and see out the game. But it didn't matter at that stage. Glasgow weren't going to beat them, so it was um, it was a brilliant, brilliant win. And uh, I think the so many positives outweigh any sort of negatives. That was that you would super. Find anywhere. That was that uh,
0: was old monster of old, wasn't it? No offense, but like I know we don't want to talk about history all the time, but that was like gritty. It was resilient. It was just like it was body on the line type of stuff. And look, we. You know, the injury toll to, tells us that, but that you can work with that counny, that's what gives me a huge amount of hope for this group going forward. Yeah, and, and coach point of view I'd imagine the
1: And where where they're at, I think um what they've shown in the last three or four weeks, Steve, has been brilliant to yeah. go to South Africa and they've beaten Stormers away, drawn with the Sharks, and then beaten Glasgow away. Teams, you know, the Stormers hadn't lost. And now Leo Cullen was saying that yesterday in the press, so he's thrown back. Trying to, trying to give give Munster a bit of credit, but given all the injuries they had in the game, um, so difficult to c- cope. Peter O'Mahony to start, then you see RG Snyman going off, Connor Murray, Dermot Barn, John Klein, or um, uh, Calvin Fe- Nash, and Fekito as well. You're just thinking, God, this is freakish. It's a freak uh, situation for it to happen. Um, had that happened said, last
0: year, though? Munster wouldn't have won that game.
1: So so and you know what me somebody much said to drawn. me somebody said to me um and asked me like is this a real concern that you had? you had um RG Snyman, Connor Murray, Calvin Ash, and Malachi Fekito, four HIAs in a game. It's a, it's certainly something that we're not used to seeing. But the good news is rather than being negative about that, is probably 10-15 years ago that was a common thing and none of those four players would have came off the field. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's better now that they're being protected that way that if there's any doubt, they first of all, they go off for the HIA and then um, they're checked over and that, that period period. Honestly, honestly, a lot of before it would have been, you know,
0: yeah, bit a of, bit of
1: water really and, like and dust yourself down. So I think we would have seen a lot more of that before if 10, 15 years ago that that um if the HIAs yeah. were astringent and, and it was so well rugby get a lot of criticism about and uh, and rugby gets a, a negative kind of slant and a, there's a bit, bit of um, fear and worry about it, which some of it is very much understandable but that wouldn't have happened before. Those four players probably would have been, had to dust themselves off and, and would have tried to carry on. So in one way, it's a shame, but in another way, it shows that um, these players are being monitored as best they possibly can. Uh, brilliant win, deserve huge credit. And by and large, you know, you can look at, um, nobody's done that to Glasgow there in a long, long time. And that's once are really fronted up, so they deserve a huge credit for that. Uh, the obvious thing is they need to be better with their attack this week and take their opportunities. And um, there's a lot of bonus territory. Uh, people are talking about that. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. Start of the week. Um, well, it was such a dogged like performance. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards John Klein. Um, yeah, Gavin Coombs got player, player of the match. But I do really think there's two other players I want to mention here. And Malachi Feketoa. Uh, was outstanding, and in some ways, it was wasn't me who picked player of the match. It was Chris Patterson. Um, I'm not blaming him. I thought Gavin Coombs was was brilliant as well. He really fronted up, had some big turnovers, um, and his performance have been very consistent. And I think his work without the ball was really impressive for me, and that yeah. was a big part. But uh, John Klein constantly uh, making tackles, carries, breaking up malls. Been really really physical um, he was outstanding again but Malachi Fekitoa, that early tackle that he scored the try um, I think he's a hell of a player and he's yeah pity when um, yeah we have we've seen in the second half of the season and I think um, uh, it, it took him time to settle and, and get into the way Munster were playing and all that kind of stuff but um, he had a brilliant performance. Finney and Witchley coming on for RG Snyman again, like he did in the in the Stormers. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. I think he's he's come tackling. back in
0: incredible shape from injury.
1: Yeah, he is. And he was uh, he was he was ripping into Glasgow players the other night. So um they're kind of the, the three players that stood out for me, including four Gavin Coombs obviously had a big game, but I'm gonna go John Klein. Um Great. are you happy to give him the star of the week? It's a big Great honor.
0: Yeah, it is. So he's delighted.
1: Okay. Um, a lot of the headlines yesterday and Sunday were uh, "Mission Impossible." The word that word was was mentioned. So I'm just going to read out the kind of recent results. The doom and gloom for anyone that doesn't know it. Uh, in the last twelve games between Monst- Leinster, and Munster, Munster, Leinster, um, Leinster have won ten, Munster have won two. So you go back to in the league, the last time Munster beat Leinster was in 2018, 19 season. It was December, 2018 at Thomond Park, 26, 17. Um, and obviously we had the rainbow cup there, uh, that lens Munster went to the RDS and won 27, three. So one league win and one rainbow cup win in those 12 games. Um, we've lost the league semi uh, semi final in, in 2019. Um, uh, League semi final in 2020, league final in 2021. Uh, and that game in 2021, 16 6 in the RDS. I don't know if you remember, it was kind of.
0: I do, yeah.
1: It was during that COVID period again. Mm. Um, I, was I, was I was working for that. There was no crowd. We did We did that game together, didn't we? Yeah.
0: I know. I was working for Live 95, I think, for that game. I remember. Yeah, for, and,
1: that, and that, that game was the most consecutive wins in the history of that fixture, six in a row for yeah. Leinster. Uh, the next one then, obviously, the Rainbow Cup. But I think one of the games that jumps out for me, and um, the one that really jumps out is that Aviva game last, last um, the end of May last year. Uh, the season ran a bit later. Um, Munster, more or less, fairly strong team out. Pretty strong as they could be. Um, Leinster played a lot of... Um, their second string players, they won 35-25. That was, that was a tough one to take. It was kind of the end of the the season for, it was the second last game for Johan van Graan, wasn't it? They lost the last yeah. game in Ulster. But, we've lost twice this season until 27-13 back in October and 2019, the game down at Thoman Park at Christmas. So, Sorry for reading out all that doom and gloom. Yeah, <laughs> look, let's
0: let's. It, um, it just
1: show it just shows where they're at, and obviously yeah, look, the history we're, we're, of.
0: Queenie, we know where they're at. Like, let's like we know exactly where they're at. Their evolution and their development is ahead of Munsters, and that that's kind of pretty factual. So what we've got to start thinking about now is where we can find weaknesses within that Leinster group. Where you know, do we have opportunities to score? And we absolutely will. I think I think that what probably worries me a little bit is that um, Leinster are probably going to, you know, bring more of their first team back this week than they did last week, so that they have a minutes under their belt for that European um, match the following week, if I'm correct. And then, um, or is that two weeks? But you know what I mean? Irrelevant to that in terms of they'll definitely give them minutes if they didn't give them minutes last week. Um, so... Munster then are obviously going to be missing big leaders within the likes of Peter O'Mahony. Hopefully he'll be okay, but like as in, we still don't know, but Conor Murray's gone, Feketeau has gone, Calvin Nash, uh, Um, And our point of difference has to be something now that, you know, we can be really, really good at.
1: So you're the backs expert. So who plays at 12 and who plays on...
0: I think that he right will start maybe and um and you put Jack Crowley to twelve. Um I think that that's probably gonna happen and allows you to bring Joey onto the bench. Um the the back three I don't know is the answer in terms of do we just allow Pat Campbell, give him an opportunity to have that you know, that experience of big game and Naviva? Um do we move, as you say, Shane Daly over and put Simon Zebo on the left? I would probably aim towards the Pat Campbell one as opposed to the Zvo one. I think Shane Daly's uh, done really well there in the left. But I just think that the more exposure we can give to these younger guys, the better.
1: Okay, just I want to ask you, um, so it's, obvious, we, it's it's very obvious you're going to the best team in Europe, the best squad in Europe uh, that we think they have. Um, they have so much depth. Um, they made nine changes from Europe to, to the game last week with the Sharks. Um, they're going to make a number of changes again. They've got a final next week against La Rochelle. They've potentially got a final the week after then. in, in, in so I, I'm sure Leo Cullen, Stuart Lancaster and the rest of the coaches in Leinster would have sat down a couple of weeks ago and mapped out the type of teams they've got to play in the build up to the final. Obviously they go as strong as they possibly can against La Rochelle in the final, but they probably have to maneuver a little bit through this. So yeah, um, he said there's going to be rotation, but you know if if
0: it's rotating back to firsts, he has to give them minutes. Com- have to give completely, them to
1: yeah. Out. But there was there was still yeah. a lot of them started. There was still a lot of them started last week. Um, Ty yeah. Furlong, Hugo Keenan, Kaylen Doris. Um, so obviously they're they're going to make a number of changes and be strong. Either way, they're going to be very very strong. Um, Mission Impossible is a word I used uh, that I've seen a lot bonus territory so is this bonus territory is that a kind of a defeatist attitude just looking no ahead to the way game?
0: it's look at the seven games at the start of the season did we ever think we were going to be in a position we were begging to try and get into a playoff position at the start you know what I mean in January, February we were on you know kind of questioning whether we'd even get into Europe and now we're in a semi v- final of the URC. Point, yeah. so incredible season for Munster from where they started in this coaching group and some a tweeter said it and I completely get it. Um we we are totally, literally, you know, have this ability now to be able to put our own stamp, they they do in their own stamp on that pre season and and have an elongated elongator once that they hit the ground running for the start of the next the next season. But uh, I think it's it's definitely bonus territory and and I would definitely think on their day they could totally pull it out of the bag.
1: Yeah, I think I often think... You of, don't. Um, no, no I, oh, no, I do. Of course, I think they can do it. Uh, they can... I'd just love to see them um, bring a performance that you can kind of be proud of and they can be proud of themselves that they can yeah. go, well, we were sloppy here. We give away too many penalties and we needed more aggression and all that kind of stuff. But look, I think they've shown a great honesty and desire in the re- last couple of weeks. So they've been brilliant. Um, it's a tough task and unlikely win, we'll say, but we're hopeful. So anyway, we look forward to analyzing it next week. Thanks but thankfully this week wasn't our last one. But um so that's it for episode seventy of the Red Seventy Eight. And uh, good luck. Enjoy your week, Neve, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks, Greek, thank you. The Red Seventy Eight with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.
1: I'd like to think I know a lot.